0: Winter is coming. Winter basically is here. And finally, so is another episode of the Mike Janella Show. I'm Mike, obviously. This is podcast episode number 57. My 57th, hopefully won't be my last. we were on a bit of a hiatus, much like Game of Thrones. You can see where I'm going with this episode. Um, But just like the biggest hit show on TV is back, so is my show, to much less critical and viewer acclaim. Uh, But yeah, I was taking a little bit of a break just because I started a new job, some of you may or may not know, and it's a full-time gig, so I had a that, plus a couple of guests fall through, so it's been a few weeks since I've done one of these, but with my favorite show on TV coming back this week, I had to fire up the podcast machine, and I had to dial up one of my oldest buddies, I mean, I've known you, Ben, what, 14 years now, something like that?
1: If that's how long it's been since freshman year, that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's it's been a very long time. But no, he's Ben Halliday, and we are here doing a full Game of Thrones Season 7 preview ahead of the premiere. Ben, what's up, man? How pumped are you from a scale of, of one to however tall the wall is? Tell
1: me. I- <laughs> I was, uh, I was at a 10 easy coming into the season, but then when I got an email from you saying, hey, can you come on the show and talk, that bumped me up to at least an 11. That yeah. was, uh, I, you know, we're, we're off the charts at this point.
0: Now, obviously, I know you and our friends will know you, but for anyone who's just tuning in that may subscribe to the show normally, give them some of your Game of Thrones, uh, your bona fides, your credentials. <laughs> Why are you suitable to be my season preview wingman?
1: So I've been a huge fan of the series for a long time. Uh, I, you know, I I get real and I hate people. that are like, oh, I'm a book reader. But I'd say I'm a book reader. I read the books several times each. Uh, Real big fan of the series. I think George R. Martin's a fantastic writer. Um, You know, I've delved deep into the history and lore of this series. Uh, There are a couple of compendiums that come out. I've also read those. So uh, I, I would I don't consider myself an expert, but I think I know a little bit more than your average Joe.
0: As soon as you said I read the books several times, I think that's all – I'm in. That's all I need out of you
1: because
0: uh, I've seen people on the subway with those books and I, it's like buy a Kindle, man. Those things weigh 37 pounds. So to, for you to go through them multiple times, I think you're, you're the man I need for this episode. Um, all right. We're going to touch on a lot of stuff, the best fan theories that are out there, the worst ones, what we're most excited for uh, coming up, the characters we think might die uh, the soonest. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, but – Quick recap, Ben, because it's been so long since last season happened, so just give me a – we were talking before I started rolling how I was hoping to watch the season finale from last year again before we were recorded. I didn't have time. I've been reading some preview articles and stuff, but let's just do a quick – give me a 30-second recap of where we left off from last season.
1: Yeah, uh, the easy one is everyone's dead. Yeah, everyone does it. So uh, you know, you, you remember Cersei? He you had a big power play at the end there, where she sort of took out all her rivals in one fell swoop by blowing up the uh, the, sep, the the sept there, uh, killing off Marjorie, killing off a lot of her family, um, and basically becoming queen. Uh, Tommen, you remember, killed himself as well. So uh, she she is now the one in power in King's Landing. Um, the other big events that happen, uh, Danny got her boats. Uh, she is currently on her way to Westeros with dragons in tow, uh, as long as a horde of Dothraki uh, and a whole bunch of Unsullied, who she, I think she's ready just to start kicking ass over in Westeros. It's about damn uh, time. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of asses that need kicking in Westeros. I'll say that too. Um, John uh, had, despite a bunch of terrible, terrible decisions in a large battle, ended up with uh, Winterfell and Sansa's currently chilling with him up there. Um, we uh, also saw down in uh, down south we uh, we saw the Queen of Thorns starting to uh, starting to kind of plot her vengeance as well. Um, she went down to Dorne and sort of negotiated uh, getting them on Danny's side. So you'll there's a lot of stuff that's kind of coming to a boil here, and um, you know, top it all off, of course, there's the White Walkers up north. I think the series kind of ended with them starting a, a march southward. So. Um there's a lot that could happen very, very quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot when I was reading uh, some season review and season preview stuff online, I forgot that Marjorie had died, and I it was a single tear came out of my eye. Because... It
1: was you – know, you and me both. I'm, I'm a big fan oh. of the character and the actress that played her. I thought she did a fantastic job, and the yeah. fact that we won't be able to see that anymore is, is – is... Is,
0: is a bummer <laughs> oh, she was my girl but now uh yeah rest in peace uh once and, and no future queen marjorie um all right so now we'll get into specifics for what to expect moving forward but broad strokes for this season i think you've set the chessboard already so basically season seven is i think safe to say john and crew holding back the white walkers while cersei versus the world down south is that kind of what we can expect
1: this season to play out as that's the, I mean, that's kind of going into it and watching the trailers. That's what I would expect. Um, you know, Jon is one of the only people who's actually seen the White Walkers and knows what a real threat they are. So my guess is you know, he, he's either going to start defending up north or he's going to try and convince other people that they're the real threat. Um, I think you'll see Danny will make landfall. A lot of the previews saw her um, uh, at Dragonstone, um, which is the old Baratheon Fortress. So, you know, I think she'll start slowly building a foothold in Westeros. Um, you'll see, uh, you remember another thing that ended the season with was Euron Greyjoy took over as the Iron Island. So the big question mark is what does he do? For? Uh, he, you know, he's building himself. Uh, he doesn't really have many allies. And where uh, he's from there is, is, is a big question mark, but he'll be a big player, too. Um, I think you'll see. Uh, I think there's a, It'll be a lot of a lot of blood, probably from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there wasn't
0: blood, things I expect from this show: uh, blood, dragons, and uh, at this point in the series, both male and female nudity. So if we don't get those three things in the in the premiere, I will be very disappointed.
1: And frankly, it's just not a Game of Thrones episode. It's not. It's not. I can just watch
0: uh, you know some other HBO drama uh, in, in that case instead. Uh, <laughs> Six feet under or something. I don't know. All right, moving on. Um, so who, where do we start? What's your bet for the first character we see this season?
1: So I, I like what they do a lot of times when they when they kick off seasons is, is you kind of start on on a no man, you know, someone who is, is is a nobody you don't know and you see they see something or they experience something. So my guess is they'll do something similar. Um, I'm I you know the first person I think we'll see from a real character standpoint is uh, Sansa. I think they'll start up north. They'll lay the groundwork there. Um, you know, I can kind of see one of those quiet, overarching snowy shots because you know the whole thing that they've been uh, they've been premising the season was winter's coming and they're currently up in winter. Uh, you may also get um, Sam Tarley. Uh, I think he may be is an easy runner up for first character. Um, he, he's been studying with the maesters um, in the lead
0: for valedictorian class of 2017.
1: Hey, you know, it's, it's books, book smarts and street smarts and he's got the book smarts. So, uh, you know, I I think there's, um, uh, you know, there's any number of ways they could take it. Those are my two bets, but you know, heck it could start out with, a uh, a, uh, unsullied stabbing a Baratheon through the heart. You never know. Like
0: (laughs) it's all on the table. Uh, so give me some of, um, Some of the best fan theories you've been reading, you've been deep diving, you've been seeing what uh, a lot of the people are expecting, what we can be seeing play out this season. What's the best stuff, the most exciting stuff that you've heard or you've read? I'm sure you've been digging on Reddit and message (laughs) boards and all kinds of stuff like that for what we can expect this year. Get me excited. What's the best of the best that you've seen?
1: Oh, there's there. There are a lot out there. I mean, by far, the most validating thing has just been the discussion around uh, the, the the biggest fan theory of all is that Jon Snow was not Ned Stark's son, uh, you know, and, and that was sort of validated this last season or at least heavily alluded to. I think it's um, safe to say. Yeah, no, it's, it, it was. It, yeah, it, it was it, done. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the, the, the discussion has kind of come around there. You know, we'll start – so a lot of the fan theories talking about Rhaegar Targaryen, who is now Jon Snow's father. He was the brother of the Mad King. Um, and, you know, what that means for Jon Snow. So if he is, in fact, of dragon blood, if he's a Targaryen, means he is, um, you know, does that mean he could command the dragons? And the answer is yes. So the, the some of the fan theories out there is that, uh, you know, he will – Convince um, Danny that the White Walkers are the real threat, and basically commandeer her dragons to go fight the White Walkers. Which, if no one gets excited about dragons fighting White Walkers, like I, I you're not my friend. Like that's just why yeah, are you I, even I'm watching the it. show? That's the whole
0: point of sticking around for seven or eight seasons.
1: So some, some of the other great fan theories out there. Well, let me ask before uh, you move on to those. But I want to ask you oh. a question about that first one. Do
0: you think? Because this show has shown no reluctance of going into incestual bounds before, will Danny and John hook up before they realize that they are basically half brother and sister? Uh,
1: like a like a Skywalker type romance yes, here?
0: Yes, yeah, Luke and Leia, but for the twenty first century.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, they're two beautiful people, so I, right? I you know, wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing it myself. Um, I, you know, I, I. I I think Jon Snow is is a little too pragmatic for that to happen. You know, he's going to be too focused on romping around up north in the mud that, you know, a a beautiful southern girl like Danny may not get a chance. Yeah. Uh, Jon's a
0: man. He's got one thing on his mind, and it it ain't the thing that most men have on their mind. It's (laughs) it's zombies. Um, All right. uh, what What else have you been hearing? What else have you been reading about this season coming up?
1: Well, I, you know, there, there's, there's, if, if we want to go deep into fan theories, there's a lot of question marks around what is going to happen with Bran and his ability to warg and his ability to sort of view and travel through time. Uh, if you remember in in the the Tower of Morning episode, uh, he at one point shouted out "Father" to his young Ned Stark dad, and it seemed like he could hear it. So he turned around, he reacted to it. So there were a lot of question marks around how how does this fit into the greater show? Because they wouldn't throw that in there if it was completely irrelevant. So some of the theories are that you know he goes back in time trying to stop this uh, and inadvertently actually causes it. You know you note know that he caused Hodor like to the become Hodor Hodor. thing, right? Exactly. So you know that there are some theories out there that he goes back to try and stop the Night King from becoming the Night King and actually inadvertently becomes the night King, or he goes back in time uh, to sort of help people prepare for the white walkers and ends up becoming the character you've heard brand, the builder. So there's a theory that brand is any brand in the Stark family is actually existing outside of time. Uh, it, it, there's a lot My of head. So, is starting to I, hurt. It, I, it, it took <laughs> a lot of reading for me to understand, it, but uh, you know, it, it's one of those things we just don't know where that's going to go. And, and that's kind of one of the exciting things. So that back when, People were speculating about Rhaegar uh, being Jon Snow's father. Is just there was so much time between the books that people could talk about and talk them through circles, and, and now you have the same thing happening in between this long season hiatus. So, which that's
0: the one thing I love about this show, I gotta say, it's kind of the last big show that we knew as TV growing up. Right, every week there's time to just digest and speculate yeah. and build up rumors and you know the water cooler chat. And that kind of stuff. And now that everything is so on demand or bingy, like I watch a whole series on Netflix, I never have time to talk to you or anyone else about it because I watch it all in one night. Whereas this, we have a year to speculate and build up and then we have the weeks in between. And sometimes that sucks, like the end of Lost kind of fell went off the rails. <laughs> But when it's good, like it has been with Game of Thrones, I love this about TV. It's one of my favorite things about it, and so I'm excited that we still have a show like this that we can that allows us to do this kind of stuff because that that's one of my favorite parts
1: about it. It's the the lunches at work on Mondays after Game of Thrones are the best lunches you can have. They're
0: on fire, right? It's amazing. <laughs> All right, so let's move on then because i have I got so much I want to talk to you about Ben while we're covering our little Game of Thrones season preview. So those are some of the best things we're excited for. Uh, what are some bad things? Any, any theories or stuff that you've, you've come across that you're like, oh, no, I hope they don't do that, or I hope that's not where we're it, going?
1: It, yeah, there's one that I read, and I don't know. I can't confirm how much traction it's gotten, but I read it, and I'm like, this is just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, there's a theory, and it plays out because uh, some of the events that happened in the books that they didn't translate into the show. Uh, there's a theory that Davos Seaworth is Ned Stark. <laughs> How is that possible? Uh, So in in the books, there's a a scene where when Jon Snow was Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and he had captured Mance Radar, uh, who was, remember, the the pseudo-de facto king of the wildlings who assaulted Mm -hmm. the Wall. Uh, When he was captured, uh, he had to execute him, obviously. uh, But when he executed him, uh, Melisandre used a spell that disguised another wildling to look like Mance Radar. So they executed the disguised uh, Mance Radar, and then Mance Radar... Ended up going in and doing things to you know affect the plot and and uh, and and whatnot, um, so there is a fan theory out there that uh, the same spell was used to disguise someone to look like Ned Stark, uh, who was then executed, and Ned Stark has now been helping the Baratheons and now helping Jon Snow, uh, which is just absurd. I mean, they're calling there bullshit. Still- <laughs> It's I I that's the thing I there it's just people really like Ned Stark and I think there's some people out there that are just hoping that Sean Bean can make it through a series without dying. <laughs> yeah,
0: like. sorry guys, he's he's gone, he's done. <laughs> stop stop holding your breath. That's a dumb one. Yeah, that's probably that's that's I haven't seen that one yet online, but I'm not a fan of that at all.
1: Yeah, it, it's 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 been I I like I said I can't say how much traction, but. It was worth mentioning just for the creativity.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, props to whoever came up with that. And that's what happens when you – that's the bad side of having so much time <laughs> between seasons is you have people coming up with that kind of crap too. But it, one, if they introduced – they did it with the, the Hodor storyline I guess. Once you have some element of uh, like time travel and then Melisandre with the resurrection of Jon Snow, you do start putting the ingredients in to have people come up with these crazy things. So I get how we arrived there, but it doesn't mean I have to like the final yep. result.
1: It was it was coming to an end of wanting Ned Stark back and then sort of pushing everything through to make it happen.
0: Yeah, a lot of reverse engineering. Um, who's the speaking of dead main characters? Uh, I'm going to give you. We, we know people are going to die on the next two seasons, right? People that we we know and maybe love. So I'm going to run through a list of some of the uh, the who's who of Game of Thrones as it stands. Ben, you're going to tell me the likelihood of them dying at some point this season. Or in the next two seasons before the show is over, how's that sound? That sounds great. All right, so it's like Vegas odds here, basically. Um, let's start right at the top. Uh, your favorite and mine, Jon Snow. Likelihood of him dying this season and or next season.
1: Uh, you know, well, he died last season, so yeah, that's you know, true. Maybe. He's done it before; he could do it again. Uh, I, can we can we have a repeat? I say no. I think he's uh, based on the prophecy of Azor eye and how I see this whole thing playing out. I think he, I think he makes it to the end.
0: All right. I agree with you and we can discuss that more later when we think when we talk about how we think the whole series is going to end cuz we're going to talk about that later too. Uh his uh, sister and potential lusting interest uh
1: Danny. Danny uh I think she also makes it through. I I don't think she ends up on the Iron Throne, but I do think she makes it through. Uh point question 2A, will we
0: see a dragon die this season? Ooh,
1: that's a good question. Uh
0: and that for that, while you think about that, it's not a Mike Janella original. I was reading a story on uh the ringer dot com and they were saying they, they basically proposed that to make the To even the playing field, to keep the dramatic stakes high, a dragon has to die because Dany basically appears unbeatable. She's got the Dothraki, the Unsullied. She's got Varys and Tyrion and the Tyrells and everyone from Dorne and the boats and three dragons. It's like, how can she not win? So they're saying one of the dragons has to die to make Dany a little bit more beatable. So that was their theory. Want to throw it out there? What do you think about that?
1: I could definitely see it happening. Um... You know, I, I actually think it may not happen with the uh, with the coming battles. I think it may actually happen when they start to fight the Night King. Um, But I, I think it'd be a very... I could definitely see that happening.
0: All right. What about some of those names I mentioned? Tyrion. Are, are we going to lose uh, Peter Dinklage at all in the next season or two?
1: I kind of want it to happen just to see the world react. Uh, the real-life
0: world, you mean? Like Twitter the real life and stuff? World,
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because he is clearly the world 's favorite character on that show, uh, and you know I, I think there's i think there's plenty of ways he could die, but you know he's he's survived through so much that you know i i, he may, he may, I think he makes it I, I think he's he's a survivor but he he's either surviving
0: or he dies in the series finale i think final yeah. episode uh just to to give some fan service but also have some some last minute stakes so I think it's one or the other no in between. Uh, let's go to the Lannister twins, the tw- the twin cestuels. Uh, Cersei, she's got to be dying at some point, I would imagine, right? Dead.
1: Dead. And I will actually stick my neck out on this one. I say Jamie Lannister kills her.
0: Ooh, I like that. Tell me how you see that playing out.
1: <laughs> well, he's done it before. Killed. He killed the Mad King, and I think there's a there will come to a point where Cersei, who's definitely gone off the deep end at this point, uh, where he sees too much of Aerys the Mad King in her and kind of gets a little pseudo flashback to the time that he almost blew up King's Landing, we see some poetic justice be dispensed. Uh, and and right when she needs him most, sword through the heart.
0: I love it. And I think that, speaking of how real life would react to things, I think everyone would be two arms up in the air cheering when Jamie plunges that sword through her. Um, and we've seen Jamie He's gotten better as a human, right? We've seen that arc from that from the, pilot, the pilot episode, and Cersei's kind of gotten worse as a human the other direction. So I think it would track with what the what their two characters have done for that to be their end.
1: Absolutely. I, and and call me out if it doesn't happen, but that's how I see and hope it plays out.
0: What about Jamie?
1: Is he going to make it through? I don't think he does. I You know, I think that happens, and he either kills himself, uh, just understanding that there's no room for him in this world, or... Yeah, you know, something else happened. I don't think he makes it through, though. I don't think he can exist in a world without his sister.
0: <sighs> Poor Jamie. Yeah, it could be a little Romeo and Juliet type thing uh, there at the end. Uh, the Stark sisters, uh, Arya and Sansa, take uh, one at a time. Take your pick first.
1: Ooh, uh, Sansa, Sansa, I think, makes it. I think she's really gotten good at playing the Game of Thrones. You know, she's been... Basically, Littlefinger's protege this whole time, and, and Littlefinger is by far the best player of the Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, if you're gonna do uh, an but, internship on how to do this, uh, how to survive in this kingdom, his is a, is a good
1: school to at which to learn. Uh, I think I think Arya. I I don't think she does. I think she's really putting herself in too many dangerous spots. Uh, if either that or she disappears, but I, I I think by she's not around by the end of the season series series.
0: Wow, I she's. She's definitely top 3 favorite characters for me. So I hope she makes it. I'm a, I'm a huge, you know, House Stark person, I think most people are. Um but yeah, it'd be it'd be sad to see her go. But that's part of the show's appeal, right? Is people that you love are always in danger.
1: Well, one one thing I will say in an interview with uh with George R. Martin, he came out and said, you know, coming towards the end of the series, there's there are people he's wanted to kill but has not been able to because they've been off on their own. Uh, and you can't kill someone off on because that essentially ends that view of the world. But he says as people start coming together, it gives him a much better opportunity to kill them off.
0: <laughs> well, that's not encouraging at all, Ben. Thanks for ruining my weekend.
1: A little foreboding, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's all the, all the big hitters, right? Is there
0: anyone else that you think we should put on this Death Watch? Or that pretty much covers all the, the main players that we, we care about?
1: Uh, th- yeah, those are all the main power players. I mean, I think you'll see a lot of the tertiary characters get killed off real fast. I don't think the Greyjoys make it uh, at all. Um, I think they'll find their end at, in this coming war. Um, if I, any, anyone else? Yeah, anyone's anyone's fair game. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Yeah, all right. So of, of our main characters, it was kind of a 50-50 proposition of who's going to make it and who's not, which I guess that's part of what this show does. Uh, 50-50 is actually pretty good odds when you consider <laughs> what we have seen uh, in this show's past. Anything left, Ben, from um, from the books that, we, like you mentioned, George R. R. Martin in that interview that he gave, how he's wanted to kill people but he hasn't been able to for various plot reasons. Anything else like that from the books that that hasn't been resolved yet that you think may be or that you're really looking forward to or hoping gets resolved?
1: Well, uh, for the most part, everything's been pretty well resolved. Um, I think you know th- there are a couple question marks that I mentioned. Uh, you know, let's, let's figure out what it means for Jon Snow to be Rhaegar's son. Um, you know, there, there's also, uh, you know, some characters that have kind of disappeared. Um, blanking on the name right now. Um, <laughs> feverishly Googling yeah, away. I, I love think. it. <laughs> uh, Gendry. Yeah. How I So, uh, Gendry has disappeared. Uh, and he's been gone for a couple seasons, on a and boat a couple- to nowhere. Yeah, just just rode himself out. Uh, so Gendry, uh, we know is back in this season. Um, you know his character has been seen on set. His uh, he, he was at the premiere. Uh, so he's back this season and the big question mark is where has he been and what is he doing? And more importantly, what is he going to do? Cause keep in mind, he's, he's the son of Robert. He's the bastard son, but the son of Robert Baratheon, who is really the only kind of true King in the situation. Uh, so, you know, he has a power play both for the Baratheon family home. Cause all the Baratheons are dead. Uh, and even the iron throne, he can make a claim for. So there's a lot of different ways he could play out. And, and, uh, you know, he. that's one of the main plot lines that was talked about and in, is in a part of the book, but is hasn't been resolved yet. Any characters that we haven't met yet from the book
0: that you think are going to be introduced and fans may love this season?
1: Oh, I think people are going to love too. Uh, there, First off, we'll see more flashbacks to Rhaegar Targaryen. Um, I can't remember if they quickly alluded to him in the season, uh, this last season or not, but... Uh, they, uh, you, I think they, you'll start seeing a lot more of in Bran's view of Rhaegar Targaryen, who, frankly, was just one of the coolest guys of his time. He was the brother of the king, reportedly extremely handsome, loved by everyone, and an amazing warrior. So you'll see a lot more Rhaegar Targaryen. You'll also see uh, a guy named John Connington, is my guess. Uh, he was the former hand of the king under uh, the Mad King. And uh, th- th- it gets a little murky because in the books there's a plot line where there is another Targaryen like Danny out there, uh, who was exiled, who was hoping that they could bring back, and they they didn't bring that plot line on. Um, just I think for the, f- the sake that it would confuse people, it would have happened sometime towards the end of last season, uh, so they didn't bring it on. But John Connington was a part of that plot line, and I think you may actually still see John Connington. I think it makes sense to bring him on. As sort of an advisor to Danny, someone who knows Westeros, someone who is—he was a general, so it makes sense that he would be helping her um, in this coming battle. So I think you think see John Connington. He was a very—he uh, was a very smart guy. He was actually—you uh, see from his perspective in the book—and he was—he was very uh, gay for Rhaegar, so he, he has a very personal connection to the family, uh, and very much wants Rhaegar's um, family to succeed because he was frankly in love with the—with uh, the royal family.
0: John Connington's. I think that was the name of the Irish pub. I had happy hour at the other day <laughs> in midtown Manhattan. Um, all right, so let's bring it, let's bring it all together then. And, uh, let's talk the one storyline you're most excited for to finally see back on your TV screen this season.
1: This is what kicked me up into excitement about this season was when I was researching to do this podcast, I rewatched the, uh, season seven trailer, probably 50 times. Uh, <laughs> And in it, I I, I noticed. So uh, there is a. You'll see some shots of Beric Dondarrion, who was you know the head of that that you, you could call him bandits, but they're the people who are just basically trying to keep the peace and and um, you know help the poor uh, in while this war was raging on. Uh, so remember, at the end of the season, the Hound ended up teaming up with him. Uh, you know after his uh, after his priest friend was killed. So at the end, Barrick said, you know, the true battle's in the north, so we're going north. Uh, and in the trailer, you can see Beric Dondarrion lighting up his flaming sword, and he's wearing that wildling guard that you see in the north. So I am amped because you will have a plot line where Tormund Giantsbane, Beric Dondarrion, the Hound, and Jon Snow are trouncing around up north, kicking ass. Like, I, 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 if I were to make my own personal Kingsguard, all four of those people would be in it. <laughs> I can, I can feel your blood boiling across the Skype lines here. It's, I love it. Um,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Everything the North and anything Jon Snow related, I am most excited for that. And it's funny because you go back and watch early seasons or early episodes, and Jon's by design, obviously, just kind of there in the background. He's an oversight. He's the black sheep brother or the white wolf brother in this uh, parlance. <laughs> and... And by design, he. I think though, Kit Harington himself wasn't a great actor at the beginning, a little bit wooden. And now I wonder if that was on purpose or not, or if he's just gotten better as an actor. But the guy's got gravitas now. I I follow Jon Snow as a leader. I you know I I buy into that. And I used I was very much Team Rob Stark when he was still walking and now john i think just by proxy is my new my new guy. So anything any decisions he's making, any people he's riding with, like you said with you know that whole crew, anything he's doing up north, i i can't wait to see how that plays out. So i'm anything john snow. That's what I'm most pumped for throughout the season. How stark? Um, all right. So what about a storyline Ben that you're not looking forward to? Something you're just thinking to yourself man i wish they would end this or drop this or give its screen time to something else
1: uh yeah i mean there there's just some i i don't know why i never got on board the jorah mormont storyline you know his sort of obsession with danny and i want to try and you know please you by being the nice guy uh i you know they they gave him grayscale and they kind of kicked him kicked him off to the the you know off to the the woods there but I, I have a feeling he's coming back, and just you know, him always trying to impress her and being in love. With, I, it just, it, it, I'm not on board with that. I, I, like the character, I just don't like the story.
0: What if grayscale is something that makes you immune to the White Walkers? Maybe he has a big endgame part to play. Now you're making your own fan theories. <laughs> see, that's what we do here. <laughs> it's less ridiculous than uh, Davos being Ned, though. So at least my <laughs> fan theory isn't that crazy. I, I, yeah,
1: there's, there, there's
0: some truth to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Good old drawer moment, the, the Westerosi friend zone. Um, <laughs> all right, Ben. So before we get to the final, uh, couple segments of the show, which I've kept a surprise from you, I let you know kind of what I wanted to talk about up till this point of the show, but I got a couple surprises for you coming up. But before that, how do you think this all plays out? What's the, what's the big end game? We've got two seasons, two shortened seasons left. And it's pretty much—it's all coming down to, I think, White Walkers versus dragons. Basically, am I wrong? Am I crazy? Or is that just a swerve, and we're going to get something totally different? How do you think these next two seasons shake out?
1: I think that's absolutely it. I think uh, this next season you'll have a lot of the, uh, a, a lot of basically the teams get formed. Uh, you know, you'll you'll figure out where the Ironborn land. You'll figure out where uh, Danny lands in Westeros. Um, so I think this next season you'll kind of see the political aspect of it get a little bit more resolved. And I think towards the end it'll start focusing on, okay, you know, we got we got White Walkers to deal with. Whoever comes out on top uh, from the political standpoint, that's then how they they deal with it. And I I think you know we talked about it. I mentioned it before. Uh, you have this prophecy called the Zora's Eye, which is, uh, you know, there's. Uh, the 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 chosen warrior, and it's referred to as a three-headed dragon, uh will meet the White Walkers, and I, I think that over the next f- episodes we'll start to figure out who exactly that is and what that means for fighting the White Walkers while this you know sort of political drama unfurls.
0: I love it. The captain's choosing sides, and then we roll the ball out next <laughs> season for the the game to end all games. All right, Ben. Uh, there are a couple things I do on this show every week, or every, whenever I record now, because every week obviously hasn't been happening. Uh, there's some recurring segments, so uh, one of them is the best thing. I ask people at the top of the show, usually, I just forgot, because I'm a little bit rusty. Uh, I ask the best thing to happen to you this week, but I'm assuming that that is the return of Game of Thrones coming up, which oh, I we're doing this whole episode, right?
1: Yeah, hands down.
0: All right. So that's why I skipped the question because I knew the answer already. Uh, One of the other things I do at this point in the show after I ask all the questions, I turn the tables and I let my guests ask me anything they want. So, Ben, it's all on the table. Fire away. You get one question for me. What do you got?
1: Uh, I'm still wondering where your yes, dear little, little things Montage is going to come from. I, I think you've, you've had their microphone for so long now, and yet, Yes, dear, is yet to come up in any of your pop culture, you know, deep dives.
0: Yeah, I'll have to work on that. Uh, yet, if anyone,
1: if this wasn't a nerdy enough
0: podcast episode, <laughs> uh, the reference of the the dearly beloved CBS sitcom from the early 2000s, uh, Yes, dear, starring Mike O'Malley among others, uh, just took it to the next level. I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on 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 resurrecting that or talking about it at my new job somehow. But give me time. <laughs> I,
1: The people just want me to hold you honest here. Give me time.
0: Yeah, accountability. It's the name of the game. I'm glad you're there for me. Um, All right, Ben. The last thing I do on every show, though, it's the fun five. Five quick questions, uh, fun fun quick questions designed for you and you (laughs) alone. These will all be Game of Thrones related. These are just a bunch of quick hitters, so we're going to lightning round through it. Here we go. Number one, you're a book reader. You've read them multiple times. As you've said, I'm not. I haven't read a single word of the actual books, but the TV show, obviously – I'm an, an obsessive fan. But you tell me which character changed for the best from the books to the TV series.
1: Ooh, uh, good question. Um for the best prove that I probably yeah, that's, you're really putting me on the spot with this one. <laughs> hey, this um, was one of the surprise ones. You didn't have time to research this one, baby. <laughs> uh for the it's, I I would have to say I mean, Jamie Lannister has always been a big fan of mine. I think his character arc is great. And I'm not saying they've changed it, but they really did a fantastic job of bringing it to light without inner monologue, which is a big part of the books and how you get a lot of that character development. So I think they made Jamie Lannister a much more overt character, and I I like that a lot.
0: Uh, Quick flip side, question 1A, I suppose. Was there someone that uh, was the worst, someone that you loved in the books that on TV they really bastardized for you?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I think, Tyr- I'm not saying they bastardized Tyrion, you know, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, he, he, he I, I think they had a lot of restrictions on what they could do with him. Uh, you know, he, he's a much more vile looking person supposedly in the books. Uh, you know, he's a little bit more repugnant. Um, and I, I think early on he became a real fan favorite. So he was kind of toned down a little bit so that he would be much more digestible.
0: And maybe for the, for the best. Cause I, I, I wouldn't want to not like the Tyrion that I, that I know and love now, so maybe for the casual fan like me, that was the right decision. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Question number two, uh, TV series only now. Which character, this could be male or female, are you most attracted to physically?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I've got a man crush on Jaime Lannister, I'll say that. Uh, I think f- yeah, from, from he a... He is quite a,
0: handsome, uh, even one-handed.
1: Her. Uh, from a female perspective, I thought Marjorie was was my favorite, uh, and that's another reason why I was sad to see her go in the explosion.
0: Yeah, tell me about it. Um, my answer is they're all dead. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> Rob, Rob Stark's wife. I forget the nurse's name already, but she was maybe the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen. And then for the men's side, yeah, Rob and and uh, Oberyn Tyrell. Uh, not Oberyn Tyrell. Uh, the Red Viper. What's his name? Martell. No, Martell. Well, yeah, Martell. Yeah. I mean, that guy just uh, – he made me question my sexuality yeah, in ways yeah, I didn't know just, were possible.
1: He oozed sexuality in the episodes he was in. He yeah. Was, so uh, he, so he anyone,
0: anyone I'm attracted to ends up dying on the show. So I'm going to become <laughs> uh, basically uh, asexual for season seven and eight to keep everybody on the show safe. Uh, question number three, Ben. We've seen Jon Snow come back from the dead. Who would you most like to see come back? From the dead in some form, either as a zombie or as a real person or in flashback that's already been off. Who would you like to revisit on the show?
1: You know, I mean, the the I, I Rob Stark would be great to bring back. You know, he he was just such a great character. Um, but I think from just a pure character standpoint, you mentioned him, Martel, the Red Viper. You know, he, he was he, he he went when he shouldn't have. I mean, I yes, that's when he's supposed to die. But. Uh, you know, it was just such a freak death that I would like to see more of him. But, you know, he, he was such a great actor and did an amazing job portraying that role that it was a shame. <laughs> just from story perspective, he could only be in the show for like three or four episodes.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's part of what he burned bright, but he burned fast. That was part of his uh, appeal in retrospect. But, yeah, it would be great to see him back wielding some dragon glass spears in a fight against the White Walker. <laughs> oh, man, getting getting my goosebumps going, Ben. Question number four, speaking of, this segues into this question nicely, all of the, the humans, so uh, no dragons here, no whites or white walkers or anyone magical, just the regular human warriors, you throw everyone at their peak, so the peak red viper, Jamie Lannister at his youngest and most athletic, Jon Snow at his best swordsing days, all that in a street fight with the weapons of their choice, who wins? He was on it.
1: He was on the show for all of five minutes, and he actually died in a sword fight, but kind of in a freak way. Sir Arthur Dayne, the Sword of the Morning. Who that? Uh, he was the one that was guarding uh, the the tower that John Snow was being boarded. In. He was a member of the Kingsguard uh, for for Aemon Targaryen, easily considered the best swordsman that ever lived. Uh, he was um, an incredible warrior. He was killed by being stabbed in the back by uh, by one of the reeds uh, while he's fighting Ned Stark in the flashback. But I, hands down, that's where I'm putting my money. I think he's you know he he he's one of the best warriors that ever lived. Uh, of those in current time, I think if you want to do the peak, I, I think the Hound. I I the Hound is a uh, you know, you put that much meat on a man; he's just going to mess you up.
0: <laughs> yeah, my only objection with your first answer is that if you can't handle two guys at the same time, how are you going to fare in a battle royal if you're the I, best swordsman I, of all time? I, I don't know. I don't ben. think
1: that happened. That doesn't happen twice. <laughs> <In my laughs> yeah, because if <laughs> it happens once, you're dead.
0: <laughs> Last question, Ben: Which one happens first? George R. R. Martin dies in real life, or the Game of Thrones books get finished?
1: Uh, You say that and I almost die in real life. Um, Yeah, I say I I actually I think he dies. So there's another great fantasy series out there called The Wheel of Time where that exact thing happened. And it was the same type of series, just epic books with so many great characters and plot lines and easily could be made into a TV series as well. Uh, And the same thing happened. Our author died before everything was finished. Uh, so I I I I as much as I hate to say it I don't think he's like seventy he's not in good health so, yeah not the best uh, shape I, that guy and and at the rate he puts these books out which is you know one every six to eight years it's not happening
0: luckily we have home box office and uh, and those guys over at HBO to give us what we need on the TV screen Ben I'm excited for this season I'm already upset that it's only eight episodes I'm already you know astral projecting into the season finale and how disappointed i am that this year is already over but we still have eight episodes to go i'm pumped man thanks for coming on the show and getting me getting me mentally ready for season seven
1: well thanks for having me on the show and for giving me a reason to obsessively research game of thrones
0: <laughs> anytime my man uh stay on the line you and i'll wrap up here in a little bit once i stop uh, recording but for all you guys listening uh, yeah, I'm back. Again, this is not going to be a weekly thing like my podcast was uh, back when I had a lot more free time, a.k.a. I was unemployed. Uh, now that I have a full-time job again and working with schedules with guests and booking, uh, I'm going to try maybe you know once every two weeks to get an episode out or once a month at worst. But while you're at it, subscribe, like the show, uh, download it, give us a comment. We're on iTunes, uh, Stitcher. Uh, all the places you find Google Play wherever you find the podcast The Mike Janella Show will be there and I'll try and get you guys some episodes as frequently as I can in the meantime though Ben thanks again one more time man and now our watch begins <laughs> thanks for having me on the show and thanks to you guys for listening make sure to visit mikejanella.com for all previous episodes plus information on the great outro music you're hearing right now and enjoy Game of Thrones everybody we'll try and do better next time see ya